0: This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking, motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. So my next guest is a dancer, choreographer, creative director, and teacher originally from Ottawa, Canada, and now based in New York City. He has presented work at the Capizio Ace Awards, Fire Island Dance Festival, Battery Dance Festival, New Victory Dance, and created works for the Joffrey Ballet School and the Clifford Still Museum in Denver. He has danced on television programs such as Canada's Got Talent, Degrassi, The Strain, Over the Rainbow, and Canada's Smartest Person, and has choreographed music videos for artists such as High, Lights, uh, Ria May, and Tyler Shaw. He travels across North America teaching and influencing the upcoming generation of dancers with his progressive teaching style and is a board member at Share the Movement, a nonprofit dedicated to uplifting and providing opportunity to young BIPOC dancers. I am so thrilled to be spending this time today with Akira Ishida. Welcome.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful.
0: It's an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to jump in. It's always exciting for me to get to know, get to know people and the human behind the artist. So. um, Absolutely. Yeah. So where are you calling in from today?
1: So I'm here at home in Brooklyn in New York.
0: Nice. Nice. And how long have you been living in Brooklyn?
1: Um, I've been here for, I guess it's been about three years, but there was a little bit of a break in the pandemic as Mm -hmm. for a couple of people. Um, I know I I went to Canada just for a little bit and then I came back.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Your family's in Canada, right? You grew up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, As I was saying in uh, pre-interview, it was really exciting to meet a fellow Canadian.
1: Yeah. So cool. Always.
0: Take us back though, for a moment to, to your origin story, but I'm really curious about when you were first visited, let's say by creative inspiration.
1: Hmm. That's a great, great start. Um, You know, I think that I've always been inspired to choreograph from a very young age. I specifically remember once I, once I hit like maybe 13 and became a teenager, I really just started having this passion. Um, And a lot of it had to do with music. A lot of the work I do is with electronic dance music and That has really been um, something I've listened to since that age and was introduced to me by like a babysitter and like my gym teacher and different people in my life like that. And um, ever since then, I always really had this huge love for that type of music. And often that would lend itself to choreography. And I didn't necessarily choreograph to it at the time. Those were kind of separate inspirations, I feel. But over time, I've kind of been able to like bring those two things together. Um, Mm. But I would say it's been... Yeah, quite early, since I was maybe like 13 or so.
0: That's so cool. And, you know, I've been reading a lot about creativity and really deep diving into it because it means something different to everybody, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What does it? What does creativity mean to you?
1: Hmm. I feel like creativity is the ability to put together abstract ideas about maybe something that doesn't exist yet and to then channel and formulate those ideas into something that can become, um, more concrete. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be a physical thing, but just something that can be shared with other people or something that can be digested by someone else. But I really see creativity as that, like that funneling of these different ideas into something that can be shared.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that that you think of it as an offering, something that someone you can give to someone else and they can digest.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. And why, why do you think that's important to you?
1: Well, I think that everybody has their own gifts and their own ideas that are unique to them. And I think that it would just be a shame to only keep that for yourself. I think that would be a shame both for the person and for the other people, because I feel like there's so much value in sharing information. I feel like that's how we can really learn and thrive as a, a community, but just as a society at large. And so I feel like to only keep those gifts to yourself would be a shame. I feel like it would be a missed opportunity. That's why I think there's something so inherent about sharing creative ideas to me.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I hear you. That's beautiful. I- with your permission, I'd love to dig in deeper there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, I hear you completely. And that, and, and, um, I'm so curious to know a, you know, it's, it's always difficult, right. To, to feel, you know, to, to put hubris aside. I mean, you're referring to your gifts. So there's an acknowledgement that you have one,
1: Mm. but you
0: quickly shift to that idea that, um, because I'm aware of this, I am therefore going to share it because as you said, it would be a shame not to right? Mm -hmm. which is a beautiful, Mm-hmm. A, a beautiful thought I'm just curious to know putting hubris aside yeah um how are you aware of your gifts what are what what do you perceive as your gifts that that you'd like to share hmm.
1: I think that I do have gifts in my creativity but I also have separate gifts that I consider in my teaching and um I guess the teaching gift is also creativity but i do see that as a bit of a different thing it's like the ability to share that information like i was like i was talking about the funnel i f- i see that as kind of like the teaching part is like the end of the funnel like how you share that out into the world as far as my creative gifts um i think a lot of it is a lot of it comes from my personal experience a lot of it comes from just my discoveries about who I am, my identity with my sexuality, and um, just just coming to understand who I am and what my passions are. So I feel like a lot of it has to come with that discovery and research that I've done. And then that has then influenced my lens and my perspective when I go to create work. And I feel like that maybe is what's unique. But I don't know. You can tell me. Do you feel like I answered that question? <laughs>
0: Only, you know, the answer, but you know, it's really, and you know, without knowing you, if I'm hearing you correctly, just Mm -hmm. with what you just shared with me now, your gift is awareness of Mm. yourself.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. Um, Something about that resonates. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Well, I think that yeah. I mean, I think I, I do agree. I think actually maybe that even connects the two pieces I was talking about because a lot of my, most of my teachings that I do have to do with things I've learned through my own self-awareness and my own experiences. As I mean, I think most teaching is that anyways, but I do think that, um, yeah, I think if I have something to share, it's because I've become aware of certain things that I've experienced or dealt with and that I've move through them. And then through that, you know, movement and shifting, then I have something to share. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. That's beautiful. And so would you, would you consider say dance as as a conduit for that or teaching?
1: Um, definitely. I wouldn't say it's the only conduit, but I think mm. it is a very useful one. Um, so I'm definitely grateful for that. I think through dance, we get this access to this, crazy vast amount of information or bodies that a lot of people just aren't aware exists. So yeah. that's a beautiful thing, but I wouldn't just say it's just through dance. I would say it's also through just self-awareness, other work I've done in my life, my personal life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm hearing that your creativity doesn't, doesn't, doesn't live in a silo, right? That it's part of who you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. That's really beautiful. The the really interesting thing about dance, you touched on it um a little bit, is that um because we move our bodies, we have so many, so many sort of avenues of expression, right? Mm-hmm. To express through ourselves by using our body. And I often think about how when say audiences who are not dancing mm-hmm. are, are receiving that, you know, they're touched, they're touched in a way, but they can't relate in the way that if they're not dancers, um, it's almost like a, a new form is created, right? Like when someone mm-hmm. sees a movie, they can relate because they can relate to being a human or to feeling sad totally. or having a relationship. But, but they, if they're not dancers, they can't actually relate to dancing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's so interesting too and I'm curious if there's a connection there too for you because I know that you you work a lot in um and again I'm not I'm no expert on you so you know yeah. jump in and, and make it better but y- you you're doing sort of some work in that sort of upbeat like music that gets people dancing, right? You work with artists yeah, like Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah, talk
0: talk to me about that a little bit.
1: Well, I think what I something that I always want to want for my work is that I want it to feel accessible to somebody who doesn't maybe understand all those more complicated mechanics. I still want it to have a a complexity to it from a dance perspective, of course. But I think that I think that it's important that the work can also like move somebody and grab somebody on an energetic level as well and, and through the expression of the work. So I think as much as I I know myself and I could get caught up in just the construction of it and all those pieces, which I love, 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 um, I always try to keep an element that can feel relatable and not too, uh, I don't know, maybe too conceptual. Like I, I do like those elements as well, but I feel like it does create a bit of a barrier to a dance, to an, a regular audience who is not, who has not had experience in dance. If it gets too complicated in a way that they need all this information beforehand. I feel like it's a shame in that instance, because then it kind of isolates um, certain people from coming to see dance, which I feel like dance should be for everybody.
0: Yeah. I feel that in you. Okay. I think you really nailed it when you were saying, you know, you really want it to be an energetic exchange,
1: mm-hmm. right? Too. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, no, that's for, for sure. I love that. That's really, really cool. If you, if you had to choose, I don't know one highlight and one low light from your life's journey so far. What Mm -hmm. what stands out to you today? You might feel differently tomorrow, (laughs) but today, what what pops into your?
1: Oh, that's really tough. Um, Do you and do you mean by that like a moment, or do you mean like I guess it's an open question, right? It can be a larger experience. Hmm. I mean, it's. the thing that I've learned over the years is that often the low light experience is in and itself a highlight experience once you move through it. So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I had some really tough years when I was like an early teenager, um, just. I think just many things, but being in competition dance, being a little bit confused about my identity, um, I, th- I had a just really tough time and. I think through that experience, I I closed in a lot of ways. And so later, when I went to do the work to reopen and kind of move through all that stuff, that's when I really unlocked a lot of my creative gifts. And so that's where I would say that there's a connection between the, the low light and the highlight experience. Because... If I hadn't had these tough years and dealing with a lot of different pain and stuff like that, I wouldn't have been able to probably unlock some other gifts that I have and a wider perspective and more, you know, sensitivity and awareness and all these things.
0: Mm. Absolutely. That's so important. Mm-hmm. It's so important for people to hear. I'm really glad you shared that. I really appreciate yeah, you for, for sure. that. Yeah. What do you? How would you impart that learning to? Because that is a huge gift. That that learning itself is a gift, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so, how for a few, for, you know, I know that you you sort of men, you mentor dancers, and uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of dancers look up to you. How how might you, or do you sort of impart that in in your teachings with them?
1: So. One of the biggest lessons that I try to teach, and we kind of tapped into this already, but is just building more awareness. So I think just it's really about connecting to what your experience is and just noticing it. it sometimes I'll do that through just like a, a bit of breathing before the class starts and just giving a bit of space for how people are feeling. Um, sometimes I'll do it. I'll bring it and bring it up in more of a, a movement context. and. Um, you know, beca- becoming aware of what's feeling blocked in your body. and But I think that that's been a really important lesson that I've had to share with people when I'm teaching.
0: Are there um, teachers in your life, dance or other, that have taught you lessons that you will take with you? Are there any lessons that stand out that you've mm-hmm.
1: learned? Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something specific that jumps out right now. I don't know that there's one that's coming to my mind right now. No
0: worries. Um, Where do you look? Where are you looking for them right now? I'm so curious.
1: I'm trying to think of teachers that have influenced me, but I'm also thinking of books because there's a a lot of lessons that I've gotten from books that have Mm -hmm. like really impacted me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But I think one of like my most important lessons that I did get from a book, um, the book was the untethered soul. Have you mm. read that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he talks about how experiences in life are meant to move through you. And when you don't allow that to pass through you and you kind of try to hold and block it, it stays there and it causes this, the this ruptures, this natural flow that is supposed to happen. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm kind of that's with me. in every day I feel, I'm always trying to be aware of that. It's not easy, like just, but just trying to allow that flow to happen and just that trust that it implies. That's Mm -hmm. kind of, for me, like one of my core lessons, that that really resonated with me when I read the book.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, there's that, the, there's a lot of writing about um, on that topic about the arc of, an emotion, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so often we don't let it finish its arcs. We hold on to it, just yeah. like you were describing, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And that it's important to let it pass through you and to acknowledge and validate that it's there, but not yes. to necessarily take action on it, but rather totally. know that it can pass through. And, and you're right, it's hard because yeah, it's... we <laughs> hold on, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Talk to me about what role curiosity plays in your life.
1: Hmm. I love curiosity. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I have to, I I, sometimes my curiosity will go in too many directions that I have to kind of create a structure that I'm like, okay, I'm going to be curious within this space. And that actually I find is works really well for me because then it's like, okay, let me dive really deep into this. So if I'm a lot in a lot of ways that I, that does apply to my work like if i'm curious about exploring a specific aspect of movement or something i'll be like really 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 curious and fascinated by it and think about it like all the time and i feel like that helps me kind of move forward in a specific direction but i think that i still do have a curiosity for just anything Mm -hmm. um but i will say that i have that that ability to focus it on on specific things which i do think is useful
0: yeah, for sure. Do you ever get caught up in too many ideas, too many curiosities, like a paralysis by analysis? Um, I think when I
1: was younger, I definitely did more. Mm. Um, as I get older, I'm I would say a bit less. I'm I'm pretty focused as a person. Sometimes I'm almost like t- now I've gotten too focused with like my my lens. I'm like, this is where I, what this is what I'm looking at that I kind of forget to go wander
0: sometimes. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny that you said, um, too focused. Mm-hmm. Where's that coming from? Where's that judgment coming from? Oh, you're sometimes I'm too focused. Um,
1: I think it's a mix of myself, but I know that people have people, my friends and people around me do have that perception of me. Like you're really intense with your focus, <laughs> which, um, yeah, I think it comes off very serious sometimes, which it, I guess it can be, but, um, yeah I don't know i I think there I do have an intensity to my energy, so when I end up focusing on that one thing, all of me is in that, and I think sometimes that can feel like I may be disconnected from what's out here
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. totally i understand- I understand what you're saying what you just described was how sometimes when you know when you're—it's not so much focus, but when you're when you're in flow, let's say. Okay. Um, that, you know, at a, at a very high level, that people sometimes can. Pers- one of the disadvantages might be that people mm. think that you are disconnected.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: And it's usually because you're not weighing in. You know, our our, our culture is so used, to, and our friends especially are so used to us saying, "Oh, I like your shirt. Oh, I love that," or. I don't like that or giving you advice like weighing mm. in, right? And weighing yeah. in is judgment, good or bad, if, even if you're saying something good. Yeah. But when you're up there, you don't have time for that because you're you're focused on the larger meta mm. things. So you're not right. maybe weighing in, if mm-hmm, that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah.
0: What What is your definition of living in the moment?
1: So I've been thinking about that a lot since you asked me the question. I think... I think there's kind of two parts of it for me. Like, I think when you're truly living in the moment, you're not you're not thinking about living in the moment. You're present for your experience. Um, but you know, as we talk about it right now and kind of thinking about it more as a concept, I do feel like it involves it involves a sensory component. So just like really being present and aware of the information that's available to you or coming at you, I would say in that moment, like, like it can be, it can be emotions. It can be how textures feel. It can be like smells sight, like just like, even just noticing things I think is, does really have to do with being in the moment and being present for me. Like, I think that when I get in my head and when I get distracted, I'm not present for the things that are in front of me and sometimes really beautiful, like just small details. So, I think that's one thing that is, um, important for me, but on a larger scale, I feel living in the moment is just appreciating the moment that you're in, having acceptance for it, having gratitude for it. And not the sense of like, oh, I'm just focused on being over there and, and getting there and getting there. I, I miss how things were back then. It's like, yeah, I think acceptance. This is what I'm in right now. And it doesn't mean that it has to um doesn't mean you have to always love this moment and be like like yeah, just happy when you're not. Like that's not that's not accurate. But I think that you can accept this moment that you're in and then if you wanted to change it, then you could, you know, take action in this moment to create something different. But yeah, I think it's just not getting caught in that trap of always thinking about how you want something to be more like that or like this. <laughs> yeah. Acceptance first and then action.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. It's so interesting. Um, what came up for me was that, well, what do you think about this? When when we are in fear, like fight or flight, mm-hmm. we are absolutely in the moment, right? Like if, if, if something, mm. if your apartment just, Went on fire <laughs> right now, yeah. or or something. You were threatened, like seriously threatened right now. Your all your primitive instincts would focus on that, and and that would be in the moment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. completely right. Totally. And it's so interesting because contrast that with, and that to me, when I think of it, you know, especially spatially, I think of that as a very tight, narrow, like nothing mm. else in the matter, you know, in the world matters except for survival. I mean, that's mm. our survival instinct. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we talk about sometimes being in the moment, it feels like more of an open acceptance. Mm. Here I am. What do you think about that? I- I'm curious. I-, I don't. I don't know even know what I think about yeah, that. Yeah, that's super
1: you- interesting. Well, I do think that does. I do think that connects with the sensory piece that I was saying because even if you're experiencing something intense, like something really fearful, like there's a fire, you're going to be really connected to your senses in that moment and like very alert. So I do think that that does connect, but I agree that we often have this um, perspective of living in the moment as being like, yeah, this open, like beautiful kind of joyous thing. And I think there are definitely those magical moments where you're just really, you kind of have this outwards perspective while you're in the moment. And it's like, wow, this is so, this is an amazing thing. But I guess, I guess if we simplify, I really feel like living in the moment has to do with just being present in your body for the experience you're having and Mm -hmm. not just in your head.
0: Yeah. I love that. Like so simple, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Do you think you create the moment or does the moment come to you or was the moment just always there? Oh, Sorry, that's deep oh, wow. I love
1: that. No, no, I love that. <laughs> Do you think you create the moment or the moment comes to you? Mm, I think it's, I think it's both. I think it's I uh, I don't think it's like I'm passively. well, you know what though? The moment I feel like is going to come either way, but I think that you can create the moment if you are desiring something, but I think either way, the moment is the moment and it's happening.
0: Do you think that there the moments there, to to sort of riff off what you're saying the the moment mm-hmm. is there, whether or not you notice it, and if you notice it, then you experience the moment.
1: Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, yes. that makes, the moment that makes is sense. always there.
0: That yeah. makes sense. Have you read um, Big Magic? Yeah, definitely. So you know the idea of of ideas visiting you
1: hmm mm-hmm. I love
0: it. I mean, that's a, a similar kind of concept, right? I feel like the moments are all around us. Mm-hmm. And if we just draw awareness, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and decide to partner with the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a it's kind of a beautiful way of looking at it, right? It but you have choice, I think, a little bit, meaning it's there if you want it. And it's true, it's fleeting if if you don't, but that's okay because you didn't choose it. It was there though.
1: I totally agree. Yeah, it's like like the way that the sun is hitting this beautiful plant, it's there whether or not you tune into it or pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, you just maybe missed out because you were up in your head thinking about something.
0: Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what why nature brings us all back to that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love it. Very cool. Wow, we got deep. <laughs> um, what, what, <laughs> what, if anything, do you think stands between you and who you want to be?
1: I think how I frame that question differently in my head, which I think is the same question, but I just, I word it differently is that what am I moving toward or who, like, what, who am I moving towards or what Mm -hmm. am I moving towards as opposed to like who, what stands between me and who I want to be. I feel like it creates this separation that could feel like maybe unattainable sometimes of like, Uh, like I'll never get there. Like, you know what I mean? There's all these obstacles in the way, whereas I feel like, like anything in life, it's a transition and there's, there's a, you're always moving towards something. So, um, yeah, just now, I mean, if once I've clarified that to kind of think more about like, well, what am I wanting to move towards? Um, I'm always, I'm always working towards moving into a version of myself that is more trusting grounded confident i feel like as a teacher i have this knowledge that comes to me when i'm in that space that i i'm really grateful for and i feel like in a lot of ways my teaching self is like my higher self i get to like step into that and I'm aware that that exists for me because of teaching. And so that's something that I'm trying to channel more and more in my day to day. Like, how can I, how can I approach life from that space? And from that um, mindset of like, I have this knowledge and I have this trust and I can move through my life confidently with that. So that's definitely something that comes to mind when I answer that question. Um, Mm -hmm. As opposed to, you know, the child mindset of like, uh like i'm running around like i'm trying to figure things out like oh what's going on i need to protect you know what i mean
0: yeah for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure and maybe that maybe the wording would be better if if it was you know to, uh what stands in the way you know or wh- what sometimes stands in the way not like the ultimate thing to to how yes. you want to be it totally. could be it could be as simple as when i get hungry i become angry i become angry right
1: yeah 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 um okay so to to dive into that part What stands in the way? I feel like sometimes it's just, I think it's just being a little too reactive. I think Mm -hmm. when I take things a little slower and I can digest and process, even if it's just a feeling sensation, I feel like things go better. And so I think often um, I'll be a little too quick and reactive and I'll just go off. I mean especially the younger version of me would do this a lot. Something would kind of trigger sensation or feeling and I would really react off of it. And whether that would mean like, okay, let me try to like be hyper productive and do this thing that didn't really need to be done. Or like, that means I'm going to just run and go in this other direction. Um, That's something that I'm definitely, that definitely does get in the way of me moving towards even just like goals or things that I am wanting for myself. and so that's
0: something I'm working on. What big audacious goal or dream do you have that you haven't put out in the universe yet? Oh, hmm.
1: uh, there's a couple that stand out, but I, I really, um, I love music. And so I'm really wanting to, I have worked with music artists, but I am wanting to do that on a larger scale. I love the crossover between dance and music. And I love when people with a music platform give dance enough space to actually like truly like be inter interwined into the experience of mm-hmm. whether it's like a music show or something. So that's definitely something that I'm wanting to, um, I'm hoping to manifest for myself, working with more like large scale artists, whether it's on a tour or just a performance or music video work. I've done some of it, but I'm definitely wanting to do more of it.
0: Yeah. Very Mm cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's sometimes good to speak it into the universe, right? Yeah, for sure. Is there anything that's in the, and you don't need to share it if you don't want to, but is there anything, you know, in the closet of your mind and it might Mm -hmm. not be related to your work. It might be that that is just that just floats around in there that you sort of you think of it as a whimsy or just a passing fancy or you kind of laugh and mm. is there anything in there that yeah I mean
1: I think at some point it would be really cool to integrate all my passions as far as like music and dance and like energy and The body and awareness and all these things it would be really cool to put that together into some kind of experience or some kind of um i don't know if it's like developing some kind of method of movement or teaching or something like that but i'm definitely i'm curious about how all this information is going to intersect at some point because i've been just developing all this stuff over the years through my experience but i i feel like at some point it's going to just mesh and i'm not mm. really sure how but i'm interested in
0: oh i love that it sounds like you you're um very much operating from a trust the process kind of yeah and the curiosity is coming in now saying now that you're get, culling all these mm-hmm. all this experience you're start. it's interesting another part of your brain is starting to go hmm mm-hmm. i wonder mm-hmm. how these are going to intersect right I wonder, yeah i love mm-hmm. that that's exciting And do you get excited by the unknown? Go ahead. You were going to say something.
1: No, no, it's okay. I think I definitely, I do like to, you know, set goals for myself more so on the shorter term, I feel, but I feel like ultimately what does guide me is more intuition and more a feeling of like where things are moving. And so I think maybe that's why sometimes it's hard for me to go like beyond like, three years as far as like what I, mm-hmm. you know, what would be my fantasy? Cause I, I just, I feel like a lot of what drives me and moves me is this is the feeling that I'm having and, and not necessarily just like not emotion I'm talking about. It's more of a deeper feeling of like, yeah, this is where things are shifting. Let yep. me go in that direction. Yeah. Yep.
0: Big time awareness again. Yeah, no, it's so interesting. I was just writing something about um, when I was 16 years old, I remember sitting in Toronto at my high school on the floor underneath the window, you know, at lunch Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I was visited literally by this thought. It was just this feeling of you can, you can do anything you Mm -hmm. will do. And it was just this, no, I remember the moment it came Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. We weren't talking philosophically, nothing. Wow. I read, you know, I took it to mean I'm going to dance that was when my agent was born, my agency and that the gift was that no matter what I decide to do, I will be able to do it if I want to do it. And and it presented itself as truth. And at the time I didn't analyze it like this, but now I can. Mm -hmm. And, and I applied it, you know, like we do. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. This is a good feeling. I'm going to like go to New York or whatever. And, and, you know, I'm not saying I didn't love dance or wasn't passionate about dance or whatever, but now in my life, like, when I'm not dancing, I still have that feeling. Mm. So it's not dependent on dance, right? I wanted to share that with you. Like, I feel like I am the agent of my own life. And that if I'm tapped into my values, that I can do anything I want. Yeah,
1: that's really beautiful. And I completely I completely agree with that and feel that.
0: You can feel that, yeah. I feel Mm -hmm. it in you. That's why I wanted to Mm -hmm. share it with you. Yeah. Thank you. It's so cool. It's agency, right? It's beautiful. It doesn't have to be attached you know, cause it's you, it's in you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. At some point I feel, I just realize that there's no such thing as like, Oh, Oh, only this person can do this thing. And only this person can do that thing. And I can only do these things. Like it's really just information and applying yourself. And like, if you you truly feel compelled to do something and passionate about it, then it's really about seeking out like, what is the right information, way to build, yeah. you know, whether it's skills or relationships or whatever it is, like I, all of that is out there and available to you. It's just about like what direction you want to move in.
0: Yeah. What do you think about the, the idea that your, your biggest strength is also your Achilles heel? Hmm. I
1: think I think it's important to be mindful about your biggest strength, because I don't, I don't know that I would say it's your biggest, it's your Achilles heel. But I think that if you kind of move blindly into that strength and lose your awareness and your perception, then maybe it can become something different.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it can, you know, a lot of people, it can hold them back from evolving. Um,
1: Yeah. I can see that. Do you know what I mean? Where you, where you just, Mm -hmm. you keep doing
0: something the same way because it works.
1: Okay. Yeah. From that perspective. Absolutely. And I think too, like it can be dangerous if you have that become too much part of your identity, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because then you kind of latch onto it out of fear of what is maybe less comfortable or less known.
0: Yeah. 100%. It gets harder and harder to try new things. Right. Because you you feel like you want to show up or have to show up in the way that you're known. Yeah. Mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. for sure. Really interesting. What do you, um, what do you know will stay true about you no matter what happens?
1: Um, I know that I'm always going to be curious and I know that I'm always going to want to keep learning and to keep evolving. So even if something really bad happens to me, I'm always going to be curious about how can I move through this and what is the lesson here? Mm-hmm. And when I have that perspective, it helps me stay excited and motivated. Um, not motivated as in like I'm going to do things in my career, but motivated just to like, you know, be in my life because yeah. it makes me feel like there's still movement happening. I'm not stuck.
0: Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's something what's something that you don't want people to know about you?
1: Um I think uh, yeah, I think people have this perception of me being like really really organized, really calm, really collected and really, you know, on top of it, which I am those things specifically, like if I show up for work and I'm teaching, like I, I I definitely am those things, but I also can be really like erratic and chaotic and wild. Yeah. I think not everybody sees that side of me. My close people see that side of me, but I don't always um, show up with that side.
0: That's interesting. And so that's something that people get wrong about you, right? Meaning that they assume, they assume that you are the other way and they don't know that. Yeah. Is is it something I'm just digging in a little deeper if it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like is the question was, um, is there anything that you don't want people to know? Uh,
1: Don't want people to know.
0: And you don't have to share it if you don't want to.
1: (laughs) Hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think sometimes it's hard for me to like show that I just, I just don't know or that I, um, feel lost. I think that's difficult for me to show, especially like being in a position of a choreographer teacher, you're kind of like, you kind of have to lead. Um, it's hard for me to show that side, which obviously we, we all experience, but I, I, and I do experience that sometimes while I'm in choreography or teaching, but I don't always show it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, thanks for sharing that. That's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. and and like you said, we've we've all been there and we absolutely don't want anyone to know when we're feeling that way, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Of course. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting too because the irony of it is because we don't want anyone to see it, you know, the the, the thing we want is is to be more, you know, connected and and mm-hmm. you know, productive or inspired or whatever it is in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're operating on the fear of being found out, of,
1: yeah. we close for sure.
0: So you can't
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely. So yeah. then you
0: just get through, right. Then you, and we all, we do, we're Oof. here. So yeah. inevitably we get through, right. But it's yeah. like, whew.
1: yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you want to be remembered?
1: That's a tricky one. Um, I want to be remembered for being kind and being thoughtful and also for having made an impact on people and their perceptions and their ideas. I think that's how I want to be remembered.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Boy, I could speak with you all day. Um, Okay. Let's do this. Let's do our rapid fire. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say what makes you and I'm going to say a word and you're going to say whatever comes to your mind or. Okay. Yeah. So what makes you hungry? Knowledge. What makes you sad?
1: People who need help, but are not able to get it.
0: What inspires you?
1: Potential um, for anything, just potential for growth, change.
0: What frustrates you?
1: When someone is not able to show up for an important
0: conversation. Mm. What makes you laugh?
1: Being silly with friends.
0: (laughs) What makes you angry?
1: Injustice. I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah. And finally, what are you grateful for?
1: So many things. I don't think I could say like one word for that, (laughs) but I'm grateful for the people in my life. I'm grateful for my journey, all the things I've learned, my gifts. Um, I'm grateful just to, honestly, just to be healthy and to be able to have every day. I, I know that's cheesy, but I really do feel that.
0: It's not cheesy. It's funny how it's become cheesy, right? Because yeah. Of society. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's yeah. Funny. I mean,
1: I think it's, I think it's cheesy because there's so many people who say it and it's kind of like painted on pictures without, without the actual meaning anymore. I think that's why it's become cheesy, but I do think it's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one more. What yeah. makes you, what makes you insecure?
1: Uh. Oof. I think it does come back to that piece of that I don't have it all together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. What are the top 3 things that have happened so far today?
1: Top 3 things. Mm-hmm. Um I went for a short walk on this. That was nice. Um just like nice morning heat it was great. Um, did my morning meditation. It's always really enjoyable part of my day. And I mean, I think this, I think there's so many meaningful parts of this conversation that I just really love. So yeah, I would say thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. What is um, something that you're looking forward to?
1: So I, I recently just recovered from an injury in my hip um, Mm. and one of the things that I had to stop doing while I was injured was biking. Um, mm. actually tried to start biking again. At one point I re-injured it. So that was like really frustrating, but it's like one of my greatest joys in the summer is just to bike and listen to music. So I do this thing at the end of the summer for myself where I go on a long bike ride at least one day. Like one time I did like the whole tour of Manhattan on my bike. And another time I just, Biked really far to the beach, but um, I'm definitely going to do at least one of those days, and I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Oh, that sounds great! That sounds Mm -hmm. fantastic. Hopefully, it won't be too humid when you go, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but honestly, I don't mind the heat. I kind of like sweating. I I like the feeling of it. So,
0: yeah, it cleanses you. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, Akira, it's been such a joy speaking with you today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it really has.
1: I'm I'm grateful. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, it's been my pleasure. I've been speaking today with Akira Uchida. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone, and remember. To live in the moment in music stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison supporting the soloist to express their individuality in the moment i encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm until next time i'm lisa hopkins thanks for listening